Hi, you entrepreneurs. Today we have Paul Garasan. He is the co-founder of the Untapped Real Estate Market. It is a, a company that focuses on lead generation um, for people in the real estate profession. But he he started from the idea of other online platforms and selling products, finding the best way to sell products. If one product wasn't sell, how he would kind of overcome that, change the verbiage, change the product, and just get more eyes on it. So it's a, it's a very interesting platform. I didn't know that much about basically the online leads. So this is, I think for, for myself, it was kind of interesting kind of diving deeper in just the way he looks at things of, of selling a product, getting the eyes on it, getting people to click onto your platform and, and, and so on and so forth. So if you're looking at going into the, to the e-commerce platform or online lead generations, take a listen to this, please subscribe, please share. And of course, tell your friends. Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. All right. Thank you, Paul, uh, for being here. Uh, you're the owner of the Untapped Real Estate Market. Kind of give me a little insight into what that is. Yeah, hi Vinny. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. So, the Untapped Real Estate Market is a program where we generate leads for uh, mortgage brokers. Um, so, we started with uh, specializing in the non-QM space because um, actually we started by having uh, one large financial institution uh, paying us to set up uh, an entire flow to acquire leads. And um, so, we worked with them closely to because, like, at first we started deliver, delivering leads, but then, like, that's the issue that a lot of uh, brokers are facing. Like you, you get the leads and then you have to, to filter through them to, to know their qualification. Uh, like for instance, the credit score is not matching and then you, you waste a lot of time chasing like after people who are actually not really eligible to get a, a mortgage. Yeah. So we've, we created a system where we can actually like only deliver like the people with, uh, uh, high loan amounts, good credit score, and uh, sizable down payments. So that b basically the perfect type of clients that the mortgage brokers would would uh, like to to talk to, and yeah. um, and then that's how we we get we got started. Uh, so now we are offering this uh, package in different states. And, and so and walk walk me through because you I mean being in the real estate field, come across a lot of different uh, marketing platforms, a lot of different marketers. Saying, "Hey, we'll we'll bet the leads." And I, for myself, I actually had a call center. Um, uh, I had a couple people calling for me uh, overseas. Wasn't the the greatest of returns because it seemed like there's a disconnect in communication. I mean, are most of your clientele are they in the United States or where are they usually located? Yeah, all our clients are in the United States, and we don't uh, use um, foreign uh, call centers. So even though I, I might sound like a <laughs> French guy, um, so. Um, yeah, the service is good. Uh, so what, what we do is, uh, we have basically people who apply. So like the issue is that most people are using Facebook leads or yeah. like kind of like, um, like very simple landing pages, uh, where you just get like the phone numbers, name of people. So that's the issue. Like people are just like filling your form and probably a ton of other forms as well. So when they get in, when you get in touch with them, they don't know who you are. They forgot who you are. So for us, we have actually a very long, application process um so obviously our leads are a, a bit more expensive because we we filter through like you know people say oh i want money Let, let's apply for for this ad here 
and um, and then the result is we have people who are more motivated and uh, we also filter them through and then we are able to connect them with the broker so i mean your background is in software engineer right um so i started as a software engineer and then i i shifted kind of to online advertising okay yeah and and, and so you may i'd love to kind of get the get the idea of and we'll get more into into your business model like that i'm assuming wait where i don't even know where you're look where are you located uh for now i'm i'm in singapore because my wife is there okay so yeah. so you're in singapore right now um and you, your french accent so i'm assuming originally from france correct yeah correct so actually, I started um, as a, like my first job uh, was software engineer for like a reporting system for uh, nuclear power plants in France, and then like um, I mean it sounds cool, but like very quickly it turned like really boring. So at the time, I was like kind of making a bit of money online uh, from you know like um, SEO and, and, and ads and things like that. So I decided to go all in in there because. Um, I think it's, it's great. Like you are, you are able to see the results of your work like instantly. Whereas as a software engineer, you just have like few lines of code in a lost in a giant project, and it might it might be a good project. It might not. Like you don't, you're not really responsible. Um, so yeah, I, I I worked in Luxembourg, and then I went to Singapore. So I'm not the only one in the business. We have um, an Austrian partner and an American partner located in uh, Texas. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, walk me through that idea. So you're working at a power plant, you know, as a software engineer. Then you decide, okay, I'm gonna do some online advertising, and then I'm gonna focus on leads, and focus on leads for American users. I mean, how does that flow kind of kind of happen? Yeah, it's, it sounds a bit hectic. So, um, so like the power plant was in my in my hometown, which is not like very active. So like <laughs> that's kind of the only thing you can do now. So I had to move out. Uh, that's where I, I I went to Luxembourg. I worked with a lot of uh, you know like all the big big popular French brands and and European brands. So I, I learned a lot there, and then I decided to kind of like starting uh, start uh, an agency like I was initially I was working with any type of client so I did e-commerce I did lead generation um, but, but that, then, that like, was in Luxembourg right so you're focusing on the Luxembourg clientele uh, no I, I, I was at the agency in Luxembourg but then I decided to go to Singapore which is uh, it's okay. much easier to get started okay because the cost of living I'm guessing the cost of living are actually quite high, but like in terms of business, like it's, it's very centered. You have all the business from uh, the entire Asia that's here. So it's in, in, in a small space. So it's very easy to, to network, to get to know people. So, so Singapore, you're in Singapore. You start this online marketing platform. Is it is the online marketing directed toward people in Singapore? Is it directed at pizza, people in Luxembourg, people in the United States? Like what demographic were you going after? So initially, I was taking any type of clients. Uh, the issue is like uh, Singapore is very small; like you have six million people, so it's not really scalable. Like once you have two or three clients, like you pretty much cover the market. So in in, in order to expand, like the next logical step is the US. Uh, so we we are also working with uh, like some real estate agents in in Singapore, but the thing is like as I said, like we we pretty much like cover the entire market. Uh, We've only like these three clients, so we need to expand that. That's why we ha we are in the U.S. It, it, now, is 
I'm assuming the the individual might be a little bit different of of the turnaround time for maybe people in Singapore compared to the U.S. Or is the way you market to both individuals fairly fairly similar? Yeah, the markets are very different. Um, so, like in terms, like for instance, in Singapore, people uh, are. I would say are scammed pretty often. So like they don't really trust much, much things. So like, uh, in the forms, we have a lot of like fake leads, people who give like, they only give their email, but not the right number, the phone number. So you, they can only see your email. Like, like, so it's risk free for them. Um, yeah, people are, are pretty much like kind of scared in Singapore. So you're saying Americans are more naive? Uh, no, I would say like, uh, <laughs> What, yeah, what I said is like because the Americans like you see less scams. Like in yeah. Singapore, you have people from like China, Indonesia, anything. So like the mindsets like when you're in China, you have one billion people, so you can pretty much like scam someone every day and and still like have a a lot of customers come come to you. Like yeah. if you are like US is a bit more fragmented. So if let's say you are in a small state, like your reputation spreads really fast, so you cannot afford to to scam people. I mean that's that's what I have noticed. Yeah. And so what, when you, you built an online advertising platform, were you, when did it, uh, your company untapped real estate market come about? Did you start talking to that, that person in Texas and you guys kind of built this thing together? How, walk into the step of jumping yeah. into that business. So I was working with uh, an Australian partner uh, for years. So we were offering like advertising services. Like, as I said, we did e-commerce, we did like so, some big projects, but every time it's a lot of uh, custom work and you need to learn a new industry. Um, so it's kind of losing a bit of momentum every time you have a, a new project. Uh, so we decided to, to specialize in, uh, in one, one market. And we had, uh, like this, uh, American partner who brought us the, the deal with the large financial institution. So they were doing non-QM lending. And, uh, like we, we found it was a great niche. Uh, it's scalable, uh, it's very scalable. And then we can provide quality service to, uh, all our clients. So that's why we decided to, to go with, uh, brokers. Mm, okay. And so what, what have been some kind of the struggles that you've had to, to overcome? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming from at least from Luxembourg to Singapore and then understanding that market and then understanding the U S market, that's had to been some kind of difficulty, but then probably just easy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always learning. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, like the, the struggle was like basically to get started. Um, and, and to start getting a bit of momentum, um, I think that, that uh, that's the toughest part. Really, what, 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 sorry, go ahead. Yeah, to really understand like the markets, the needs, and then the competition, uh, what everyone else is doing, and then the mindset of people looking for uh, a mortgage. Like, what's what do, what are they really after? Like, because like it's easy to think, oh, I, I want the lowest rate possible, but then like you need to find other uh, ways to differentiate differentiate yourself um so yeah that's that's why how, how do you differentiate yourself you think how, like what were some of the ways and some some techniques you've used to differentiate yourself just besides uh rates yeah so uh for instance like the rate is one thing but then we really hit on the pain point like like you don't wake up in the morning saying uh thinking oh i need a lower rate like you you, you need oh i need to lower my my monthly payment or i need to refinance my home like you have a lot of different needs and usually you you don't also don't wake up thinking i need to refinance my home you are like oh i need cash to do something i have another project so like basically really uh thinking like seeing how people think and and like what are their biggest pain point because 
Um, yeah, like the rate in itself, I think you're, if you are advertising the product features, you are kind of missing out. So have there been some some avenues that you kind of focus on? I mean, how, how did you come across the idea of, of learning that it wasn't all about the rate? I mean, when did you come to that epiphany? Uh, it's, it's like it's um, it's this it comes from the e-commerce experience. Like when you sell a product, like you don't say, oh, uh, this one has a four gigabyte of RAM and then the hardware is super good. Like a lot of like you, if you do this, you only focus on a very small uh, area of the market, which is like the people who are very aware about the product, the competition. So basically you only talk to the pro, which is maybe five to 10% of the market. A lot of people like they, they need a, you know, a phone to play music and have GPS on it, and that's that's what they need. So, if you need to kind of ex expand a little bit your um, the, the way you you target, so you are able to appeal to more people, uh, and not just like the very small uh, pocket of the market that's very aware of uh, your product and what it does and all the features. Oh, so so what you're saying is is when you're marketing the thing, you're not just using the rate as a marketing tool, but you also market it as monthly payments. You market it as how much money you can get out of your properties. Is that correct? Yeah, we hit a lot of different angles uh, and, and not just like one uh, simple one. Where, so where did you find out to diversify how you're, you're marketing the product? Is Was there a, a, a time where maybe you're marketing one way and you weren't getting enough results and you kind of slowly expanded, maybe not even with your current company, but previous companies with the e-commerce? Yeah, it's, it's especially true in e-commerce. Like if you start with uh, like some... Like for instance, I had a one gardening um, product which was like it's very specific and like if you if I mean, I mean only like maybe two to five percent of the gardeners would know how to use it if if like you show them like this and so the the entire challenge was to educate the broad market so that anyone can buy one and make use of it profitably. I mean. Um, in the best case scenario and, and not just uh, like the very small pocket of people who are aware of it. So first is the educational uh, challenge to, to talk about the features and then get people to, to understand it and, and, and like see, Oh, I need this. Even if like you're just a day to day gardener. Well, how did you become self-aware about that? Was there someone that taught you? Was it something you learned in school? I mean, because there are people that probably do the same thing every single day and are getting the same results every single day. But it seems like for yourself that you were selling this product and you started realizing you weren't getting as much return out of it. So you basically expanded the way you market the product. Yeah, exactly. So I have a lot of um, like support from Singapore. Like I run actually a mastermind community with all oh, okay. the top advertisers of the country. Um, so this is especially true if you work like in uh, in advertising. When you launch your product, you you will get great results because you start targeting like the advertising platforms now are, are really good at finding the the buyers based on your on your ad. So if you have an ad that's very specific about all the features, or this one has a specific uh, rotation speed and, and stuff like that, you will find your your small pocket markets, your target markets. But the issue is like is people who are very aware about the product, they have been looking for it. And uh, it's it's small, and uh, after a while, like you tap out, and your advertising stops uh, giving you good uh, return on, on investments, and that's where you, you you realize, oh, I need to expand, I need to to be able to monetize uh, people who are slightly less aware, and like they might be experiencing the issue for themselves, but they don't see the the need right now. So you need to kind of uh, bridge the gap between 
their their current issue and then your know, product. So do you do you find out that if someone's hyper hyper aware of that product and that information, are they willing to pay more money or less money? Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. So actually, it's a great question because if you are more aware of it, like you are, you are in the market. But the downside is, like you are comparing everything because, like, it's it's, a, it's kind of like your uh, your passion. Like, let's let's say, um, I don't know, like if you if you sell like uh, computers for for like video games, like the people who are like have have had the clients in uh, this product, and the issue is like people who are very hardcore gamer have the big budget and everything, like. They compare everything. They're really aware about uh, all the features, so you you cannot really, um, you know, like uh, it's it's a bit harder to sell sell to them initially, mm-hmm. and then you can you can you can corner that market if you want. But a lot of companies like they like for instance Dell, uh, what they do is like they they sell like uh, like products a bit for everyone. So it's in in a way it's easier to scale a company that way. Oh, see, yeah, I mean, so the idea is is that you give it a more broad description, right? So then there's more people that have interest in it, and they might not be as educated about the product. So you're able to maybe charge a tad bit more than a competitor that's hyper-focused with, like, with that kind of clientele. Kind of? Yeah. Like, it's, like to give an example, so that it's uh, a bit easier to understand, like, if you look at Mac, the the uh, Apple computers like yeah. they start they started like really for for you know like video video uh, editing and like this type of market so they started being really uh, sp- specialized but in yeah. a sense like to become the big company they are today they managed to um, like everyone wants a Mac now and everyone can use it even though you are, you, are, you don't probably don't do like really intense uh, video editing right yeah. Uh, that makes sense. So you're talking about more. So, so for for your for a product like yourself, you may become very uh, very strong in the, in that market, and then over time expand. And so over time, yes, correct. Now, has there been any moments where you've kind of built this company with your co-founders where you said, you know what, I don't know if it's going to work. We're not we're not getting as much return out of it. There's been some some failures and hiccups, anything like that. Uh, yeah, we had a few hiccups along the way. So. Um, I would say like our first clients initially, the, like he was actually getting a lot of leads. He got a sale, like he, he managed to get a 1003 form within three days of starting our service. Oh, so wow. we thought, oh, it's going great. Everything is good. And then, um, like, because we, it was the first time we were doing it, like we, he, he had some feedback around like the, the leads. And then we had a bit of a miscommunication. So, um, because we're able to, to guarantee like our, our leads have a specific uh, loan amount, credit credit score, and down payment. So like when we say this, most of the mortgage brokers say, oh, then it makes more sense. Like because we are paying a, a fixed amount for a specific number of leads, it makes sense that I request for the highest loan amount and the best credit scores, right? So we had a bit of uh, back and forth on, on that and we almost ended up uh, losing the clients because like we had set the wrong expectations uh, from the start, I would say. So it's, it's about setting the expectations that's kind of allowed you to uh, appease them. Like I, I think one of the big things is that like at a restaurant, right, where they say it'll take 10 minutes, but if they bring it to you in five minutes, you're fairly happy. But if, if they say five minutes and they give it to you in 10 minutes, you're like, wow, they, they lied to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so with the questions that you've been vetting the, the clientele, the leads, 
lot stronger and diving deeper into it. How do you build the the questions that you're that you and your team basically ask these individuals? So is it from the co-founder in Texas, or was it yourself, or kind of just you know trial and error? Uh, no, it's, so like as I said initially, like we started by doing by offering this as a service for the large financial institution. So. Yeah. Like they had a set of uh, questions that they would oh, like yeah. to ask, and so we basically just tweaked it a little bit, and that's what we are we're still doing. Nice, nice. So if someone else was, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be leads for for real estate, but for e-commerce, what's some feedback that you could give to someone looking? Let's say someone listening right now, they're in college and they're thinking about getting into the e-commerce business. What kind of advice would you give that person? So I, I see a lot of people like they start and like they, they try to do everything by themselves, learn everything by themselves. What I would do is like, actually, if you join, like that's what I did, you join an agency for even like six months for one year, um, you are going to learn a lot more than if you are by yourself. And the thing is you get guidance by your manager, by your, the company's processes. And um, like, I, I think you, you are, you learn a lot more than if you if you did it by yourself. So maybe join like if you start from scratch, it's better to learn and then to apply. But the the flip side is some people get stuck in the learning mode for like twenty years. So you see people that you know they still say, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna do it next year. I'm gonna do it next year." But I still need to learn a little bit more. And the world moves fast, so like you need to always adapt, always learn uh, new things. So don't get stuck forever in the learning mode. But if you start from scratch, I would say the likelihood of, of failure is like fairly high. Uh, e-commerce is it's, it's it's difficult because it really depends on the appeal of your product uh, for the market. So if you invest a lot in a product you believe in, then you might have a large amount of inventory at home. But then like maybe the market is not ready to buy it or your price point doesn't work or you need to do a lot of work. So... I would say to reduce the risk, you can you can join uh, someone who who knows what he's doing, and then do it by yourself. I think the chances of success are much better. So, where do you see uh, your company, the untapped real estate market, going in the future? Where do you where do you envision that? So, for for now, we are focusing on uh, non QM lenders, and we are our goal is to get roughly like one in each state. And then, once we are at that level, then we can we can start looking at other type of loans. Yeah. What what kind of lenders? You say? Uh, non non qualified. Um, oh, non qualified. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if if let's say there's a a real estate agent or an individual that's looking for your services or a mortgage lender that's looking for your services, what's for the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, you can just send me a message uh, on Facebook. Okay. And we'll we'll have all your information in the um uh, in the description here. Now, also too, I know you were t- you brought up the idea of that you have a mastermind group. Is that a, a online mastermind group you said? No, it's a, phys- it's a physical meetup at my place. Like we get between uh, 20 to 50 people and oh, wow. we just exchange ideas. Yeah. How you, did you build that yourself or? I, I built it over time. So, uh, I, I actually, I, I like, uh, I bought, uh, I was buying a lot of masterminds like two years ago and like it's very expensive it's like five to six thousand us dollar in every time and you have to fly to like a random place and you get like a weekend of learning so the learning you get is, is quite good i would say but most of the value i noticed is, is not really in what the speaker is saying necessarily it's more like in the community of people who can afford this and are willing to learn to 
become to better themselves in the in the field um and like i just get everyone's contact every time and i, I just say if you drop by singapore just come to my place and uh, yeah that's how we got started what what are some of the things maybe one or two two ideas that was given to you or an epiphany that came to you through the mastermind can you can you provide that yeah, so uh, what we do is every month we have someone doing a presentation. So I have a friend, uh, Sean, who is really good at creating really attractive offers. So like he gave a, a really interesting uh, example. So he was selling kind of a weight loss product. And um, he said, oh, the issue is we ran out of stock like before Christmas. And then like it's it's a major breakdown for most e-commerce companies like Christmas is your I mean November slash December are the the big time of the year to to get your revenue in so if you don't have any product to sell like you are missing out big time so what yeah. he did is he kind of like shifted the mindset of uh, of the people and they would say oh instead of um, instead of um, like buying your weight loss product right now wait until January you can kick uh, kickstart your your next year goals and he got like really good sales. Like he basically, even though he was out of stock, he got more pre-orders than if he had stock by oh, just wow. uh, shifting the mindset of people. Yeah. So kind of a, a feature idea, put some money down or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's uh, the, the one thing that I've definitely learned over, over the years, there's always opportunity if you look at it the right way. Exactly. Yeah. Always need to be positive. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, well, thank you for, for all your time, Paul. I mean, any anything last that you want to say to the audience out there? Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. I think you've got a lot of, a lot of good information um, on the podcast. I mean, that's uh, – I mean, I, I think just the idea alone of if you're, if, if you're too descriptive, I think, about a, a product, you're going to get one clientele – that might be price shopping you more so than if you're a little more maybe vague, a little more um, a bigger idea of it, then you're going to get that different clientele that you can kind of win over over time. And then as you get them, kind of dive deeper with them and, and make sure they're actually vetted. So I kind of says that right? Yes, great. And also you need to, you need to show, kind of show your value and get people to come to you whereas if you go after people like with cold calling and things like that yes you might get sales but the thing is you are chasing people so you are giving the kind of the wrong vibe you know yeah that makes so, sense yeah well, well thank you again paul for all your time hopefully your listeners got some great information and hey if, if you need anything reach out to paul again we're gonna have all this information in the description and hopefully you got some great, great information and thank you for listening to the road to growth Thank you, Vinny. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.